So I would really like us to just lean in and just be encouraged by the word. This is for me too as much as it is for you because God has just been challenging me to just go deeper and for us to know just encouraging or rather just challenging me in terms of how he has positioned us. I mean, God is the almighty God. He can do what he wants, however way he wants, and yet he chooses to use men. Yet he chooses to work through you and me. And just as we were singing, I'll never know how much it takes. Can you imagine what a privilege, what an honor it is to be used of God wherever you are, wherever you are, at home, Lana at church, in your community, at work. I would like to just take us back to last week. I don't know if you were in the room last week, towards the end, not towards the end, but I think somewhere in the middle towards the end, there was a huge challenge for us to share the good news with those around us. And for me, in light of you know, just what I want to share today, I think there's such a huge connection to that because we are on a mission. Hallelujah. God has not called us to hold this gospel to ourselves, but it is so that we can share it with others. So that's why we're here today. I'd like you to just connect last week. And in fact, if you were Guamofet, when Simon and Rob were there, connect to that as well. Hallelujah. For those that were not there, I think my takeaways there was how these two men were so, are sold out for Jesus. They have given it their all because they understand that there's nothing else and no one else who deserves their all other than God. So if I were to start off, it's really just to let you know that you are on a mission. You are on a mission. You are not saved for yourself, just for yourself, Inje. Yes, Jesus saved us so that our names can be written in the book of life. He saved us so that we can receive salvation. But then it is also so that you can go out. Hallelujah. And he is challenging you and I this morning to partner with him for the fulfillment of his mission. Hallelujah. Partnering with God through prayer to fulfill the great commission. And I think one of the things that has really fascinated me, sometimes I think I'm the oldest person in the room. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I've been fascinated by how this room is full of young people. And I just want to tell you that it is not a coincidence. It is not a coincidence that you are young, you are living in this day and age, it is all for the glory of God. It is not a coincidence that you are at RRCCT. God wants to do something through you and me, but you and I have to be available. Hallelujah. We have to be for the mission that God has for us. Acts chapter one, verse eight. 
But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses for me or to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Isn't that beautiful, though, that even though you're on a mission, you don't have to depend on yourself for the fulfillment of this mission. But it does require you to surrender and to be willing to be used by God. It does require you and me. We were singing just now, this is my worship. We were singing just now, what's the next line? And then there's a part, I present my life as a living sacrifice. When we have that heart posture, it is so that God can power us so that we can go out and fulfill the mission that he's called us to fulfill. One of the things that I was a bit nervous about is coming in the room and challenging you guys, but I believe that's what God wants me to do. We are not here, you know, it's so lovely as a family at our city, it's so lovely to be in the room and enjoy each other's company. It's so lovely to do everything that we're doing. But I need to submit to you today that you are here so that you can be equipped, so that you can receive power, through the Holy Spirit, and then go out and fulfill the mission that you've been called to. The mission doesn't have to be in China. The mission can be right in your home. If you have family members who do not know Jesus, the mission can be in your community or at work, wherever you are, you are on a mission. But you need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can go and fulfill that mission. However, it's not only when we are in the room that we are filled with power. God is challenging you, each and every one of us, that in our own spaces as well, we cry out to him and we desire him more than anything else so that he will fill us with his power. Hallelujah. Now, if you're wondering about the partnership situation, I mean, after all, he is God. He can do it all by himself. And yet he chose to use you and me the Bible says that you are a representative of Christ on earth. Hallelujah. That's why you are a partner with Christ. For me, I saw a huge connection between intercessory prayer and the fulfillment of the mission at hand. Hallelujah. Now, if you think intercessory prayer, intercession which then also speaks to intervening, standing in the gap for someone who can't stand in the gap for themselves or for someone who's blind, they don't even know that they need someone to stand in the gap for them. Quite frankly, they don't even have to know that someone is standing in the gap sometimes. They just need to experience and encounter God for themselves. But God chooses to use you to do that. There's a scripture, I don't have it on the slides, but it's 2 Chronicles chapter, we know it, right? 2 Chronicles chapter 7, sorry, I assume, but it's such a popular scripture um, that I'm assuming that you might know it. 7 Chronicles chapter 7 from verse 11 to verse 14. 
Verse 14 says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. It sounds to me like there's a condition there. If, then. What happens if we don't come and humble ourselves? What happens if we don't get in the room and stand in the gap? What happens when we are not desperate to hear God and to see God? Will our nation be healed? Will our land be healed? Will our families, our communities, your co-worker, your friend at, at school, yeah, sure, God can do If my people, you and me, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. See, standing in the gap requires that you don't stand there and say, oh, Mina, I'm fine. Lord, I need you to help this one. It says, if they will stand and pray and turn from their wicked ways. So if you're standing in the gap, you assume the position. And that really puts you in a position where you can cry out for mercy, where you can pray out of compassion and understanding that you have been saved not because of your works, but by grace. There's a scripture in Ezekiel, I'm not going to quote it, but because it, no, it, it's, it's got a different context. But it speaks, you no, know, God says, I looked for a man to stand and watch. In those days, they had what they call watchtowers. And then you had to have a man who was going to watch. And when the enemy approached, they would then go and warn the city. And then they would take the necessary measures to protect the city, whatever that needed to be done. See, God has put you and me in a position where we can stand in the gap. Sometimes you can see with a high ball, and God can use you so that those that you are praying for are saved. But if you and I are not there, But I'm here to challenge you and say that God requires us to be that living sacrifice that the word talks about. Present yourselves as a living sacrifice. I was listening to Jackie Perry on a show called Better Today. And she talks about, they were talking about prayer. So that, you no, know, she says, you know, as a mom who's raising four, who was raising four, well, her kids are still small, but they're a bit grown now. As a mom who's raising four kids that are small, you know, God actually spoke to me and he gave me that grace during that time. Say, so, yeah, you know, <laughs> you're raising these four kids. So it, although she was praying, although she was spending time in God's presence, but she wasn't, you know, there was a lot going on. She wasn't able to dedicate so much time. But then she says that one day then God says to her that, hey, listen, 
It's time for you to start waking up early so that you can spend time with me. Then she says, ah, God, I don't think I want to wake up early. There's so much going on. And then God says to her, you are praying casually as if you need casual power. And you don't. To whom much is given, much is required. You are having so much to steward that you need more of me to handle. I think you and I are guilty of that. I'm going to speak for myself. There was a time God was challenging me. Actually, I'm not even going to say challenge. I'm going to say he was nudging. And it happened so many times. I was like, okay, I'll wake up at four, okay. You know, and then I started waking up at four. But can I tell you what happened? I started hearing him clearer. That the things that he talked to me about, there's some intel that he gave me, some dreams that he gave me, that I was able to pray, and I was not alone in this, by the way, that I was able to pray for what he wanted me to pray for. It's not so much about the waking up at four. Now I'm not waking up at four, just as a disclaimer. (laughs) But I can tell you my life, just became so rich at that time, just in terms of hearing from him. There was a time I needed God so much that there was nothing else I could do. I would get home. I would, Musa knows when we were in Avoca, and I would just kneel, even when there were no words to say. But can I encourage you to say today, every minute, whatever time you invest for him, Oh, how he will reward you. How he will speak to you. This morning, my mom sent a message and she was speaking about, there's two things she spoke about. Uh, She wasn't feeling so well last night, but she's much better this morning. But then she also says, also pray for your father because my dad is in Lepalale right now. For those who don't know, my dad is a pastor. I would actually like to believe that he's an evangelist and he became a pastor, but he's, then she says, there is, there's this one guy who's actually the son of um, the pastor for, I don't know, for that, you know, that church where he, the, the pastor that's hosting him, yes, that's what I wanted to say. This son, to my dad, he says, We are with you 100% because my dad is there specifically for an assignment, which I'll tell you a little bit about. He's there for this assignment and this this, uh, pastor's son was saying to him, we are with you, we're standing with you, we're praying with you. But then he goes off because he's trying to man his territory. He goes off and talks to people because he's actually in Durban, but then... This place is, the church is in Lepalali. And then he tells them, you need to be my eyes and ears to see what's happening. So he's actually opposing him, but not directly, through other people, right? Um, Why am I saying this? There will be opposition. But when there's opposition to the work of Christ, God wants you and me to stand in the gap, to to pray for the work of God to be fulfilled, because opposition will be there. For my dad to be there, guys, it was a long journey. There was one obstacle after another. But we knew, Ekaya, he needs to go to Lepalala. This is possibly one of his last assignments before he retires. 
And it took God, show, no, like speaking to my mom, it took God speaking, speaking to my dad, it took God speaking to my sisters. And us praying, even when there was opposition, there was a time he came back and it looked like he was never going to go back. But God made it possible. And he also used us for that mission to be possible. Guys, we are nothing. Please understand. Compared to what God can do, I'm not saying we made it possible. I'm saying God used us to make it possible. And that's what God wants to do with you in the city. Where? Where are we now? God wants to use you to impact this generation. But it's not going to happen if we are not intentionally moving forward in that direction. Thank you for availing yourself to come and pray at 9 o'clock. Thank you for availing yourself to come in the week on Wednesdays. Or you know, if you are in the worship team, we do our community group on Fridays. Thank you. But I'm asking you to take it a step further. I'm asking you to intensify your efforts. Because I believe that God is calling each and every one of us to a season of prayer. And I'm glad which I'm not the only one. See, if it was just me, I'd say, ah, I'm thinking, just imagining this for myself. But when I was talking to Tom, when I was listening to Simon and Rob, I thought, yes, this is what God wants us to do. Hallelujah. Can I just repeat that again? This is what God wants us to do. It's not for our own purposes. It's not for whatever. It is for God to touch the city. We are a new church plant. We've been saying that. I think, what, how long has it been now? A couple of years. Two years. There's something that Simon and Rob said. For those who are not in the room, they were talking about the fact that, yes, strategy is great in terms of what needs to get done to bring people to our, our city. But there's, what, what, what did they say was number one? Prayer. Prayer. And there's something that Rob said about how he's, he puts emphasis on young people praying. Musa will tell you when we are home. And it's not, I don't want him to do it out of obligation. But I need him to understand that you can't do anything without prayer. You can't do anything without God. Young people, God is calling you to get on this mission and be on fire for God. And by saying that, I'm not saying that you are not. Please understand, because I almost feel like I have to just say a disclaimer. But honestly, this is what's on my heart. God is calling us to prayer. If we want to see the work of God grow, if we want to see people come, if we want to see the city impacted for Christ, then we're going to have to take it a notch higher. That is being a living sacrifice. And I'll be the first to say sometimes it doesn't feel good. I'm going to tell you when Tom said we must come. Simon and Rob are here on Wednesday. I thought of a lot of things. Oh, God, I don't think I can do this. Lord, it's a win. When I sat there and listened to Tom and Rob, I thought, ooh. Okay, sorry, God, my bad. 
He has, God cares for every detail of our lives. He knows we have to do all these things. But then there's something about Matthew 6 verse 33 that reminds me that if we take care of his business, then he will take care of us. Hallelujah. If we take care of his business, he will take care of us. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 3 talks about, in fact, I think just to support the fact that intercessory prayer, it's not just for this moment, but it's what we're supposed to do anyway. Paul says, I urge you that you will pray for all men. Then he goes on to talk about praying for governments, praying for, authority, for those in authority, but praying for, for all people. Hallelujah. Oh, there it is. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority. We might not be praying for kings these days, but we are praying for and I had to think, Uramaposa, when was the last time that I prayed for him? I have gotten into arguments. I was saying to someone, hey, you know, I was so excited when, I'm sorry if I'm entering a very dangerous political territory right now. But I was saying to someone, I really, I had so much faith in this guy. I was so excited when he was voted no, um, into power as a president, but hi, I'm not seeing what's going on, Konamanj. And we just went on with that discussion. But as a child of God, as a child of God, you or the government, or we are supposed to start praying. I mean, I can remember back in 1990, was it 92, 93? I do understand some were not born. I do understand some were very young. But if I can just take you back there, it took the nation praying because there was fear that there's going to be a civil war. There was fear in the country that there was going to be a civil war because of the political landscape at the time. Yes, I understand, you know, there are people with different religions and so on, but I'm talking about the body of Christ, the church of God. It took prayer. It took prayer. It took people standing in the gap and saying, Lord, no bloodshed. You have a responsibility to pray for nations. You, have a re you might not be able to go to China to go and preach in China or whatever country. Just saying China because it's the first thing that came to mind. You might not be a goer because in missions they talk about two terms, being a sender or being a goer. A goer is that missionary who goes there to preach the gospel, right? A sender could either be financially supporting the missionaries or even literally just praying. So if you are here today and you are a goer, or whatever God reveals to you, 
Tina, who are in the room, we might not be able to go to various places, but God has called us to pray so that he will do the work. Hallelujah. There are a few things that I'd like to encourage us to do. I've already, I think, incorporated into what I said earlier, but there are a few things that I'd like us to do to really make this practical. Hallelujah. A couple of things. But then I think I've already mentioned how this will require us to be a living sacrifice, to surrender. Hallelujah. To surrender for God to work through us. You cannot have intercessory prayer without intimacy with God. Because otherwise it just becomes, yeah, Lord, I'm praying for so and so. But when you are in a... When you are in a position where you value your relationship with Christ, then you're able to hear him when he speaks to you. And then he actually influences what you pray for even through his spirit. Hallelujah. You need to know what is on God's heart and you cannot do that without intimacy with God. You need to know what breaks God's heart. This one really got me because it's something that God was talking to me about, about what breaks his heart. At that time, it was about fatherlessness and the fact that it's it creeped its way into the church. And it's not only outside, but inside the church as well, right? I'm just giving you an example of some of the things that God can speak to you about that you need to start praying for. So... Let us choose intimacy with God so that we can know God's heart for our homes, for our communities, for the city, for the nation. There's a song that I love. It says, I want to serve the purpose of God in this generation. I want to serve the purpose of God while I'm alive. I want to live my life for something that will last forever. And then it says, what is on your heart? Tell me what to do. Let me know your will, and I will follow you. See, the thing about that is when you know what's on God's heart, then it helps you to be specific in your prayers. Hallelujah. And to not only just pray, but to pray God's will into the situation. Our Father who art in heaven, you know the Lord's prayer. But it talks about his will being done, his kingdom coming. You're able to pray not just generally as a prayer, but you're able to stand in the gap and pray specifically for the will of God in that particular situation. In this case, for RRCCT as well. I mean, the leadership has shared the vision quite a number of times. We all know that we are a church plant. And can I say to you that God wants to raise us to a point where it's not just Tom and Nokwazi or Bamukanyiso and Sasnolufefe. Uh, can I say Nolufefe? <laughs> or any other person who's a leader in the house. It shouldn't take them. It takes you and me taking the word that has been spoken so many times about getting into the boiler room. And actually putting it into practice. 
Aleluia. It takes us knowing God's word because when you know God's word, then you know his will. And you're able to pray according to his will. Surrender, intimacy with God, because that will help us to know God's heart. That will help us to know what breaks his heart. Know scripture. Actually, Jackie Hill Perry says, knowing scripture improves your prayers. I thought about that. I thought, ah, actually, because sometimes we don't know what to pray for, but if you know what is God's will, so I pray that you, you just hold on to that and let's treasure God's word because he will speak to us. Even giving a specific word for our city or giving you a specific word like he did for, for us, Ekaya, for my dad. Or, you know, like giving a specific word for someone who might be at a crossroads and they're going through a difficult time. God is able to show you something, not to expose them, that's not what it is, but so that you will stand in the gap and that person will be saved. God has done it where you would be restless at night and not be able to sleep and you'd wonder, why can't I sleep? And then you just feel the nudge to pray and then he puts someone on your heart to pray for and you're wondering, what nothing's wrong. Why am I praying for this person? But then there are several people who started praying and in the morning they discovered, oh, this person was involved in an accident. And it was the exact time when that, when, this, when, when that individual was nudged to pray. It's not a coincidence. Can we allow God to use us in that way? Where God would give us intel Intel is when, no, I, I don't know, there's a scripture in the Bible, I don't know where it is, but it excites me. In fact, can I just go back to the time when Jesus was born? Please tell me when. Can I go back to the time when Jesus was born? Eh? What happens, those three wise men, they go a certain way, and then on their way back, God says, don't go back the same way that you came, for Herod wants to kill the child. Take a different, that when they know what, armies use that. When they know what the enemy is planning, they're able to plan strategically so that the enemy won't take territory. Jake, Joshua and Caleb were sent into Canaan. They had to gather intel. So they go there and then 10 come back. Hey, I know, I know, this is not happening. We are like grasshoppers in their sight. But then Joshua and Caleb hold on to the promise, not to what they see. They understood this is intel. However, we're still going to hold on to the promise. So they come back and say, God has given us this land, regardless of the fact that they look like giants. Okay, they didn't say it in that way, I'm paraphrasing. But God has given us the land. Would the nation of Israel been able to take over Canaan had they not gone with the obedience from Joshua and Caleb? If God says that I've given you the city, that is why we are planted here, taking the city for Jesus. But if we are going to 
know, just go about and just really be content with being at RC City, being in a, in a family. I mean, I can't tell you how I value you guys and what a blessing you are to me and Mosa. In fact, who was I, who was I talking to? I'm actually starting to think, oh, I'm actually starting to think this is for Mosa. More, for him to really have that foundation. Oh yeah, Pumzile was talking about what a blessing it is for him, for Mosa to be amongst men, like, you know, Kez, Mvan. That is a foundation. And that is how God connects us to each other. But as much as I value that, I must also understand that the bigger mission is what we are here for. Hallelujah. I promise I'm done. There's something that I wrote on the, shall I share that? I wrote on the 2nd of October, and I was so excited. If you know me, you know that I, I re, it really takes a lot for me to, to sit quietly. And <laughs> sometimes, Mosa even says, hey, mama. <laughs> but it's because I get so excited. So when I heard Simon and Rob talking about prayer walks, I went, yes! Why? Because this is something that for this season, as we get into prayer, God is also calling us to really walk the city. And by city, and when I point here, I'm not saying just this area, but to walk the city and pray. Because what happens then is we stop thinking about ourselves and we start being aware of our surrounding we start being aware of the needs in our surrounding. We start praying accordingly. And that's how God will bring them. That's how God will bring them. Whoever that he wants to plant in here, it's not going to just happen through the efforts of the leadership. It has to happen with you and I Assuming the position that God wants us to be in, to preach the gospel, yes, to be witnesses, amen, but it starts with the boiler room. So can I challenge you, how many times have we been talking about the boiler room? And the work is, has started, I need to tell you that, the work has started. If you haven't been in the room on a Wednesday, when, when there's prayer, people just really soaking in in prayer, I urge you to go. When there's prayer and fasting happening and there's a meeting on a Wednesday evening, I urge you to go because the work has started. But God wants to challenge each and every one of us to engage because the enemy is not resting in case I need to remind you, I don't think I have to. Jesus says that I have come. Oh, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and life in abundance. That life in abundance is not just for you and you know, for me. It's for all of us, even for those who don't know Christ. But the enemy, guys, all you have to do is just look around. He is on a mission. He is stealing. He is killing. He's stealing people's peace, people's joy. He is you know, just causing depression. There's so much chaos that's going on. 
that it needs to take you and me to stand and hear from God and pray so that there would be change. That's how we influence and we impact the city. Yeah, but there are so many churches around. And no, plant in here would come here. And that is the link for me in terms of prayer, intercessory prayer, and being missional. The last part that I'm going to end with is this. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, but you will receive power so that you will be witnesses. I'm asking you today, desire, long, be desperate for that power. Be desperate to hear God. It's not only for a few, it's for all of us. Because when we are desperate for him, the Bible says that we will find him. If you seek me, you will find me. And when we find him, he will reveal himself. And when he reveals himself, my God, can I ask us to stand? I think it's so easy for us to just go back home and just go back with a normal day or the normal week and so on. But I'm challenging you to just really take time in the week to say, God, will you speak to me? God, will you give me, remember that song, give me one pure and holy passion to run and to follow hard after you. Because if he does that, you, it won't be through your own strength, but it will be through his power working in you. Can I ask you, can I ask you to take that challenge? Yes, we all have prayer time and devotion, but I just need you to zoom in on this one specific thing. Give me one pure and holy passion to run and to follow hard after you so that I'm available for you to use me for your glory and to impact the city. So that whatever it is that you want to do through RRC City, I will be, uh, that you will do it. And what a privilege that I'll be part of that. The message has just been strong on my heart and I hope that it will really just plant something in your heart too. That we will be hungry, hungry for His Holy Spirit. Hungry for power that can only come from above. So that we will do what He has called us to do. Because you and I are on a mission. Go to work and, and we, first and foremost, Lord, what is on your heart? Whether it's for me being at work or wherever I am, what is on your heart? What, what is, I love Tom's status. It's forever there. My utmost for his highest. Can that be the heart posture in the room?